Evidence and Answers. Evidence and Answers is a Christian apologetics ministry led by Dr. Pat Zucran. Pat provides compelling messages from top apologetics scholars defending the Christian worldview and provides valuable resources for every person seeking answers to life's questions, as well as addressing key issues of our time. Serving to equip Christians who want to effectively engage their world for Christ is our focus. On December 21, 2020, Jupiter and Saturn lined up to form what appeared to be one great star. This was known as the Great Conjunction, or the Christmas star. Did we indeed see the star of Bethlehem? You're tuned to Evidence and Answers radio broadcast with your host, Pat Zucran. Pat is an author, teacher, and international speaker in the area of Christian apologetics, the defense of the Christian faith. Today, our host, Pat, will be sharing a question of the week. Listen as he explains if the Bethlehem star was the Great Conjunction. Aloha and welcome to another episode of Question of the Week. This is a ministry of Honolulu Christian Church and Evidence and Answers. And so we thank you for joining us again for another great episode of Question of the Week. Now, many of us celebrated Christmas just recently and recently we also saw a very interesting phenomenon in the sky that doesn't happen for several centuries. The last one happened about 800 years ago. And this is recently that Jupiter and Saturn lined up to form what appeared to be one great star. An event like this, the last time it happened was nearly 800 years ago, and people have been calling it the Great Conjunction. When these two planets in their rotation around the sun and the angle we have from the earth lined up one behind each other to form what appeared to be one magnificent star. And some people have been asking me, could the Bethlehem star have been something similar? Right? People have been calling this great conjunction in the last few days the Christmas star. And so people have been asking, could the Bethlehem star have been something similar? Perhaps the alignment of the planets of our solar system to form this massive conjunction and this great star, the star of Bethlehem. Now, the story of the Christmas star and the star of Bethlehem comes from Matthew chapter 2. And there's a whole host of questions that go around this story. So I'll not only answer this question, but a whole host of questions that also surround the story of the visit of the Magi to the infant Jesus Christ and his family there in Bethlehem. Now, many take that the story of the wise men is a story of fiction, but we know that the Gospels are a very accurate historical record. We talked about it last week, that they are in the context of history. Luke and others, Matthew and Mark, and the Gospel writers give you the historical time frame and the context in which the events of the life of Christ take place. And they name real people and real time and real events and they do it very accurately. And few doubt that Jesus was a historical person. And so when you have historical accounts that prove themselves to be historically accurate in what we can verify, then we can have reasonable confidence in stories like these which we do not have the direct archaeological evidence as of yet. Yet 
when historical document proves itself to be accurate again and again and again, even on minute details like titles of rulers, you know, tetrarch and governor, and he names the right people, ethnarch and others. And when they're accurate on details like that, we can have confidence that this is indeed an accurate historical record. And when it comes to the story of the wise men, it is reasonable that indeed this story is most likely historical, not only because of the record of Matthew, Mark, and Luke, but also because of the historical context and the facets of this story. Uh, we call it historical synchronism, all right, in archaeological and historical research and cultural synchronisms that seem to make this an authentic story. So let's first begin with who are these wise men? All right, that come to visit the infant Jesus there in Bethlehem. Well, the Magi here in Matthew chapter 2 were astrologers, and they were coming from the land of Babylon or Persia. On an interesting side note here, the reason we think they are from Babylon or Persia is because Matthew says that they are wise men that came from the east. All right, and when they're talking east, usually they're talking east of the Euphrates. That would be modern-day Iraq or Persia, so or Iran, modern-day Iraq or Iran. So we're talking, it was probably uh, they were from Babylon or from Persia. Both empires we know in their heyday had wise men who studied astrology. Okay? From historical records we know that they were into astrology. Now, on an interesting side note here, the oldest church in the world is the Church of Bethlehem, the Church of the Nativity. That's the oldest church building in the world. And why is that? Well, because when invaders would come into the land of Israel after the time of Christ, when they would come in, they would destroy the churches there. right? And when the Persian Muslims conquered the land there in the seventh century, they came into the land of Israel and just burned down all the churches over there. But when they came to the church of the Nativity there in Bethlehem, there was a painting there in the church, and that painting depicted their fellow countrymen, a caravan of their fellow countrymen, wise men, royalty, worshiping a child. Now, they had no idea what that was all about, but they saw a picture of their countrymen there. And so the Persian Muslims departed and did not burn down the church. That's why it remains one of the oldest churches in the world today, perhaps the oldest church in the world. So these men most likely came from Babylon or Persia. Now, the Magi were astrologers, all right? They studied the stuff. They weren't astronomers. They were astrologers, okay? They looked for not only patterns in the stars, but movements of the stars because they believed that it was depicting what was going to happen in future events, that the gods were speaking through the stars and giving them omens and prophecies of what will be happening in future events. So they were astrologers. Now we know that in the Old Testament, astrology is forbidden. Deuteronomy 4.19 states, And beware lest you raise your eyes to heaven, and when you see the sun, the moon, and the stars, and all the hosts of heaven, that you be not drawn away and bow down to them and serve them, things that the Lord your God has allotted to all the peoples under the whole heaven. 
So the Old Testament law forbids the art of astrology. But the Magi, they were astrologers. And so we need to look at this story from their perspective, right, as astrologers. Now, why did God reveal this to pagan astrologers? Well, we see that God wants the good news of Christ to be preached to all the nations, all right? Genesis 12, the purpose of Israel was to bless the entire nations. The Gospels talk about a light going to all the Gentiles. God wanted to reach all the people, so uh, he wanted to reach all peoples, and he reached them through speaking through his creation. God often speaks through his creation. Psalm 19 states, the heaven declares the glory of God. Romans chapter 1 talks about how God speaks through his creation. And so these astrologers observed the position of stars and constellations and they paid particular attention to what is called the traveling stars, all right? The planets that were closest to us that often moved quite a bit and often had unique kinds of movements in the sky. So they paid a lot of attention to the sun, the moon, and the planets in our solar system that we could see with our visible eyes. Uh, Mars, Venus, Saturn, and Jupiter, they glow a red kind of glow uh, at times of the year. And so these movements were observable by these astrologers. And the text says in Matthew chapter 2 that the star arose in the east and moved ahead of them and then came and stopped at the place of Bethlehem there and that's where they found the infant Jesus. Now how would the Magi know that something special was going on? Well they looked at the formations of the stars in the sky and saw that something unique was happening and I'll go into it in, a, in some detail as well. And they knew that it was in the land of Judea, the way the stars had lined up. And I'll tell you about it in just a little bit. But also, they were probably familiar with Old Testament prophecy of the coming Messiah as well. Well, how were they familiar with that? Well, we know that the Jews were exiled during the Babylonian exile in the 6th century BC when the Babylonians captured the land of Israel and exiled thousands of Jews to the land of Babylon and eventually the Persian Empire took over the Babylonian Empire and Cyrus allowed the peoples to return to their homeland but many Jews stayed there they had settled there in Babylon and Persia and remained there and so there was a large population of Jews in the Babylonian and Persian territory the book of Esther Queen Esther and her family remained there in Persia and did not return home with the other Jewish exiles there. So they were familiar with the Old Testament scriptures of the Jews because of the large Jewish population that was there. But also remember Daniel the prophet. Daniel was one of the early exiles there in Babylon and also served as a wise man. He was trained in the literature and study of the wise men there in Babylon. And so he was one of those wise men. Remember, he interpreted dreams. And remember that famous story. Nebuchadnezzar had a dream of a great statue, and he called in all his wise men. He said, if anyone can tell me what I dreamed and interpret it, and if you cannot, I'm going to kill you all. All right, and it's Daniel who saved their, you know, rear end. All right, he saved their butt 
by telling the king his dream and interpreting it. All right, and he rose to prominence there. And because of that, they probably revered Daniel and the scriptures that he was studying. And they probably kept his writings and the scriptures that he had written. Remember, he was prominent there and he saved their rear end. And so they probably kept his records for a long, long time. So they were familiar with the prophecies of Daniel. Daniel chapter 9, the 77s predict the day the Messiah arrives in Jerusalem and is crucified. All right, so they know prophecies like this and that someday a king is coming to the land of Judea. Prophecies like Numbers 24, 17 says, The star shall come out of Jacob, a scepter shall arise out of Israel. Micah 5, 2 specifically names that the Messiah, the king, is coming from the city of Bethlehem. So they're probably familiar uh, with these kinds of prophecies. Now these magi traveling there from Babylon or Persia traveled about 1,500 miles to Bethlehem carrying valuable gifts there, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And they probably, you know, it wasn't probably just three wise men. They probably came with a whole entourage, all right? These are royalty, and they needed bodyguards to make that trek across the Fertile Crescent with them. It's a dangerous trek. And so they probably came, you know, with a significant, sizable caravan, perhaps a 100 men, maybe more around there. They're making this journey across the Fertile Crescent, and they come to the city of Jerusalem. Now that's the logical place to go, all right? Why? Because if you go to a foreign land with an entourage like this, looking for a king, the most logical, reasonable place to go to is that nation's capital city there, all right? And before you enter that country with this kind of entourage, it's probably a good idea to go into the capital city and talk to the king, all right? And so they go to Jerusalem there. That's the most logical place for them to go and they have a meeting with Herod. Now the journey probably took a couple of months to maybe a couple of years, all right? If you estimate it, it's a 1,500 mile journey. They maybe, in a caravan like that, travel 10 to 15 miles a day, depending how many and how long, you know, the stops that they make. It probably took them months to get there. So the picture that we see of the nativity often at Christmas. The shepherds there at the manger and the wise men also there at the manger is actually incorrect. The shepherds arrive on the night of Christ's birth, okay, according to the Gospel of Luke. The wise men arrive months, maybe a year or two later. How do we know that? Well, in Matthew chapter 2, verse 11, Jesus and his family are living in a house at that time. They are not in a stable. Jesus is still not in a manger. They are in a house. Okay, so Joseph kept his family in Bethlehem, maybe for a year, maybe for up to two years. We think two years because in Matthew chapter 2, verse 16, after Herod realizes that the wise men did not come back, but they slipped out of the country without reporting to him, he goes to Bethlehem and orders his men to kill the young boys two years old and below. All right, so perhaps Jesus was about between one and two years old at this time. All right, so that's why Herod has boys two year old, younger, and killed. So the wise men arrive after the shepherds. 
Now, that's a little bit of the wise men. They had seen this unique star formation in the sky, and they come to Bethlehem there. They meet with Herod, and they ask Herod about the king, and Herod says there in Matthew chapter 2, he talks to his scribes. The Jewish scribes and the religious leaders search the scriptures, and they report to Herod, and they said, well, if there's a king to be born, he's to be born in Bethlehem, Micah 5 verse 2. And so Herod tells the wise men, well, if you're looking for a king, he's in Bethlehem. Now, go find the child and come back and tell me where he is. And that's where the wise men then head off to Bethlehem. The star, well, from the biblical text, it says that the star arose in the east where the wise men live. Chapter 2, verse 9. And the star went ahead of the Magi and then rested over the house where Jesus and his family were living. Now, what exactly is this star? Well, there's two very popular explanations as to what this star is. The fact that it arose in the east there, and then it seems to have guided these men, and then rested over Jesus' house in Bethlehem. Many believe that the star is an angel, all right, an angel that guided them. And we see that angels are called stars in the Old Testament. In the book of Job, they're called the stars of the morning. In Revelation, we see a star fall from the sky uh, with a key to the bottomless pit. All right? So sometimes angels are called stars. We see in the Old Testament, the angel of the Lord appeared to Moses in a burning bush. Exodus chapter 2, we see also the angel of the Lord moved the head of the children of Israel as a pillar of fire they are doing the exodus so sometimes okay, angels appear in these natural phenomenons and sometimes uh, they're called stars there's another explanation here which is what I think a lot of you might be interested in. the time of Herod's death is about 4 BC alright 4 BC uh, we know that from the records of Josephus and others that Herod died about 4 BC this would mean Jesus' birth is about 5 or 7 B.C. Now, we need to look back at astronomical records, and astronomers can do this now with great accuracy, chart the pattern of the stars and the course in the sky, and go back thousands, if not millions of years, and they would know where the position of stars would be. It's very complex. I've read some of these articles, and you could probably go on the web and read them as well, but they're very complex, all right? Was there any kind of phenomenon in the stars around 5 to 7 BC? Yes, there was. There was a remarkable alignment of celestial objects on April 17th of 6 BC. Now, you want to look this up. Grant Matthews is the professor of theoretical astrophysics and cosmology in the Department of Physics there at the University of Notre Dame. And his article is the one I'm referring to. He has studied the Star of Bethlehem for over a decade. All right. And he studied, and in April of 6 BC, there was a remarkable alignment of the traveling stars. Venus, Mars, Jupiter, Saturn, the sun and the moon, called the wandering planets or the traveling planets, all from Earth's particular angle here, formed a straight line and formed a remarkable star formation all right greater than the one that you saw just a few days ago there december 21st here in hawaii and what's interesting is that the constellations lined up 
in front of the constellation of Aries. All right, Aries is the constellation of Judea. All right, so these pagan astronomers looking at the traveling stars, seeing them lining up like that, and the king star Jupiter lining up, something significant is happening. Now to astrologer, they would be looking at this and saying, wait a minute, a king has come or is born or something has to do with the king. All right, because these stars have lined up, the king star has lined up, Jupiter, and it lines up in the constellation of Aries. That's in Judea. All right, and we have all these prophecies from uh, the Jewish people and prophets like Daniel that a king would be in Judea. And so they would have concluded a great king would be born in Judea, and that would give them logical reason to come to the land of Israel, to Judea. Now, what was the star uh, that went ahead of them? Well, this great constellation lining up there would have guided them, you know, to the land of Judea. And then it says the star that went ahead of them rested over the house of Jesus. What could this be? Well, this very likely could be the planet Jupiter. Jupiter, after it lines up, and as we saw on December 21st, eventually the planets separate. Well, this could be Jupiter, the king star, as it forms what's it called a heliacal rising. Jupiter moves in a interesting pattern at certain times of the years. As this formation begins to separate, Jupiter appears to stop compared to the other stars, and it becomes what we call retrograde, right? And it rests for a few days in just one location there in December of 6 BC. And so the wise men looking at the star would see it stop in its movement, all right? And if they triangulated it, they probably saw that it was over the house of Jesus, and that's where they went. So it's very likely that perhaps this Bethlehem star was uh, alignment of those planets there in about 6 BC. Now, the question is, why is it only the Magi saw it and everyone in Jerusalem didn't see it? Well, remember, the Jews were not allowed to study astrology. Second of all, the pictures that we see of the Bethlehem star, you know, being just this huge, huge star, large flash of light coming to the ground of Bethlehem, well, who could miss that? It may not have been like that. It may have been like what we saw December 21st, all right? A star, it was a great formation that astrologers would have noticed, all right? But people may have looked in the sky and said, oh, we got, we, you know, star's kind of bright tonight. It wouldn't have been, you know, this kind of explosive star that is depicted in pictures that we see. And so that's why perhaps the astrologers noticed it and the rest of uh, the Jewish community probably did not pick up on its significance, just kind of saw, oh, there's an interesting star out there tonight. And perhaps that is why. Or if you take the angel interpretation, perhaps the angel concealed himself and revealed himself only so that the wise men could see him traveling you know, throughout the day and the night. But those are some possible explanations. So could it be that perhaps this lining up of the traveling stars, the Sun, Moon, Venus, Mars, Jupiter, Saturn. Could that have been the Bethlehem star? Could have been. 
All right, and what we saw there on December 21st, the Great Conjunction, which many in the media were calling the Christmas star, could have been something similar to that. It is reasonable. So you need to think like an astrologer. An astrologer seeing that would probably recognize that something significant was going on here. And so it is reasonable that indeed something like that may have occurred which guided the wise men to Bethlehem to find the infant Jesus. Well, we know that one of the lessons from the story of the wise men is that God wants his salvation and the gospel message to be known not only in the land of Israel, but it was meant for the whole world. Luke 2.32, after Jesus was born, it was prophesied over Jesus that this child would be a light for the revelation to the Gentiles. God wanted to make his message known to all men. We've run out of time. Thank you for joining us here on Evidence and Answers radio broadcast. We hope you enjoyed today's show. If you would like Pat to speak at your church, Bible study, or perhaps hold an apologetics conference, give him a call locally in Hawaii. That number is 483-0586. Or you may contact him through the Evidence and Answers website. That's evidenceandanswers.org. To keep broadcasts like Pat's on the air, we rely on generous support from you, our listeners. For the opportunity to donate, head on over to our website. Once again, that's evidenceandanswers.org. And you may do so right there online. You'll also find we have a wide variety of resources available to you. Everything from atheism to Zen Buddhism, including articles and additional audio for you to listen to or download. So be sure to share our website with those around you. Join us again next time on the air or online as we provide compelling reasons for faith in Christ. That's Evidence and Answers with Pat Zucharak. Oh,